Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're talking to a man who really knows how to cast a Nireki Pababian. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. Today is a first. The Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast is heading to the Arctic Circle. We're going to be talking with Olav Skolgas from Norway. Uh, he, he's a pit master, he's a competitor, he's on the Traeger Pro team, and he loves to fuse traditional Norwegian meats with low and slow style cooking. So that's going to be a really interesting chat. We're going to get him in here in just a minute. But before we get into that, I've got a few announcements I need to run by you first. We do have our beautiful merch available for you over on SmokingHotConfessions.com. We've got our t-shirts, hoodies, beanies. We've got our, our, our famous silver tumblers up there available for you as well. And a couple of ebooks there for you to check out. And speaking of ebooks, we actually have one available for free over there at the moment. It's the Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. Now, this was recently awarded at the NBBQA, so you know it's a good read. It's everything you need to know to go from zero to hero in low and slow smoking in your backyard. And the best part? We're giving it away for free. So head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com. A pop-up window is going to appear. Put your details in there and we'll send them straight out into your email for you. Now, big uh, big welcome to the people that are joining us this evening in the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue community on Facebook. If you're not there, it's our Facebook group. It's where we record these podcast episodes live. It's a really good time. It's a family-friendly barbecue group. All the other guff is left at the door. and We just hang out and just talk about barbecue. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, and we'd love to see you there. Now, if you're catching this on the replay on YouTube, give us a thumbs up or subscribe and hit that notification bell. On Facebook, it's all about the likes, the shares, and the comments, particularly the shares. Tag someone if you think that they would like to know how to cook a whale or horse, because I think that's what we're going to get into some of that today. Over on Instagram, it's about the little love hearts, the comments, and the follows. And if you are listening on a podcasting app later on, make sure you give us a five-star rating and review. That really helps us out, pushes us up the podcasting charts, and helps us spread our love of barbecue further and wider. But I think that's about all the spruiking you need out of me. So, let's get Olaf in here. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Olaf, welcome to the confessional, my friend. It's great to have you here. G'day, mate. Nice to see you, Ben. Nice to be here. And hello to everyone else out there in, in the great podcasting world. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we have people joining us from all over at the moment, so that's really cool. Now, first up, how was my Norwegian pronunciation there at the top of the episode? Uh, you were talking Norwegian? Oh, okay. I, I was I was trying to say <laughs> that good. It was that good. Okay. I, 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 I tried to say... It was fine, mate. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I, was, I was trying to say throw another shrimp on the barbie, which is a very Australian barbecue expression. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> I might need to go back to school for my uh, for my Norwegian. <laughs> but tell me, mate, what was the last thing that you barbecued? Actually, I've got something on on my uh, smoker right now. I got Ooh. some. Uh, I'm I'm doing some uh, beef chuck for to make uh, burnt ends. Um, I got uh, a pork knuckle, uh, and I'm confiting uh, about. Two and a half kilos of uh, chicken legs. Wow, that's cool. 
So beef chuck so, burnt yeah. ends, hey? Yeah. Poor man's burnt, burnt ends. I've seen them done a couple of times. They they seem to come out really nice, but I've never done it myself. Have you have you tried that many times? Uh yeah. Uh briskets, proper brisket in, in Norway is is quite expensive, but we do have um, quite a bit of chuck at affordable prices. So why not use what you have available and, and uh, make the best out of it? I mean, that's the sort of spirit of barbecue. It is, yeah, exactly. Tell me about brisket in Norway. What? Why is it so expensive? Uh, well, first of all, we don't really, traditionally, we haven't had that cut in Norway. Um, of, of course, the, the, the muscle is there on, on, on the animals and such, but um, that part of the animal has traditionally been used for stews, uh, cut up uh, or, or ground up to, to make mints. Um, last year, I think, was the first time I actually saw Norwegian farmed brisket in the shops. However, uh, Norwegian beef is quite much leaner than the American counterparts. And those pieces of brisket were pieces of flat and had all the fat trimmed off. So, but you can actually do a decent pastrami with it. Uh, I was going to say, it. it sounds perfect for pastrami, yeah. Yeah, but for for sort of like a uh, Texas-style brisket, no, you can't really do it. Oh, okay, so they've like they're all imported then. Yeah, uh, if if you want a full pack of brisket, like a proper for for barbecuing, you you need to buy imported brisket, and and those are quite pricey. Okay, what what sort of dollars are they uh, pulling in? Oh, uh, in US dollars, a full pack would cost you between twelve hundred to two hundred and forty dollars. Okay, one hundred and twenty to two hundred and forty dollars. Not 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 twelve hundred dollars. Not not twelve hundred dollars. One hundred and twenty to two hundred and forty American dollars. Yeah, approximately. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's about on par where 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 we are here in Australia. Even with our Australian brisket, it's still. Um, yeah. I went to the store there the other day to to try and get a brisket to do, and I couldn't find one for less than one hundred and fifty Aussie dollars, which is yeah about one hundred and twenty, one hundred and ten, one hundred and twenty US dollars. So. It's getting a bit crazy for us. It's 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 crazy all over. It is, yeah, yeah. So, mate, how did you get into barbecue? Tell us your your origin story on the grill. <laughs> well, well, it started way back in. <laughs> um, I've always loved to cook. Um, in in fourth grade, I told my parents that you know I want to cook dinner one, one night a week and. Uh, in a couple of months, I was making dinner four or five times a week. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, about 10, 12 years ago, we bought a um, holiday home and, um, you know, I bought a, bought a tea kettle barbecue and uh, started my journey there. And uh, uh, it, it was horrible. It's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I had absolutely no clue what I, what I was doing. Um, but eventually, you know, you, you got into it and uh, it sort of really took off with um, the first season of Chef's Table, uh, the episode with Francis Malman. And things just clicked. Uh, and I just 
went into that rabbit hole and uh, still digging. Um, and then um, about uh, five years ago, I uh, turned uh, 40 and um, Traegers had just been introduced in Norway the previous year, I think. And um, so the family all got together and bought me, uh, bought me a, a Traeger Pro uh, 34. And um, I haven't looked back since. Basically, <laughs> yeah, right. So it, it, that's quite the upgrade from a from a Weber kettle to a to, to a Traeger. Was the uh, were the were the family uh, just embracing your passion and saying, "Listen, we need to uh, help him uh, help him elevate here," and so we'll get him a bit of a higher <laughs> h- higher level grill because he's clearly not going to give it up. Uh, I, I think it was more like, okay, he's he's passionate about this. This would be a nice uh, prezi for him, uh, and. Um, Let's see what happens, basically. <laughs> Fair enough. And so how many barbecues are you up to now? Not, not that many. Um, I have, let's see now, here at the house, I have three. And um, at the uh, holiday home, it's just uh, the one, which is a um, basically a suspended fire pit. So I use uh, wood that I cut down myself and uh, to fire that one up. But um, here at home, I have uh, two Traeger pellet grills and a Traeger fire pit. Oh, right. Okay. So you, you, you didn't even keep that original Weber. That's been moved on. No, no, it, that wasn't even a Weber. That was a knockoff uh, kettle grill that, you know, it was, it was like $20 or something at a supermarket. Um, I think it's in the shed somewhere but uh i uh, i wouldn't use it today <laughs> no those uh it, if it's anything like the uh like the knockoff webbers we get here in australia it, it, it will have rusted through by now anyway <laughs> yeah most likely and I, I do think that there's a couple of uh mice families that have moved in and taken residence <laughs> <laughs> and so what's the time and temp on those mice uh well <laughs> I think mice is, is better done um hot and fast really and then you know chuck it in a in a pita and uh, have some yogurt dressing on and, and bumps your uncle. Oh there you go. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta be careful of the bones as it as they're going down. Yeah, well, kind of like fish usually bones. You can just cr- yeah, you can usually crush them, but uh but every once in a while once one will get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Um, all right, so what is your what's your favorite thing to 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 cook on those tragers? What what's your go to when you're cooking something that 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 you really want to eat, as opposed to like write about on your blog? Um, I I'm really really fond of using pork belly, um, because it's so versatile. I mean, you can do um, the now almost infamous pork belly burnt ends, uh, which are tasty and and should be outlawed because you know because they're too good yeah you'll eat yourself into a heart attack and and whatnot (laughs) Uh, it's uh pork belly is also excellent uh, for pulled pork um and uh, i when i do pulled pork with that i'll I'll usually boat them uh with um some aluminum foil uh with the skin on because that will soften the skin, and I'll take the skin off and fry that afterwards oh. as a nibble. 
um, in in Norway for Christmas, it's very popular to have roasted pork belly. So you can do that as well on your grill. Uh, or just, you know, cure it, make your smoke your own bacon, which is far tastier than the, the stuff you get in the supermarket. Um, you know, you can, you can do so much, so many things with, with pork, and especially pork belly. Um, but I do I use a lot of chicken as well. Or chicken, chicken wings, chicken legs. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong with some chicken wings. We've got the uh, the NRL Grand Final coming up, hopefully, fingers crossed, this Sunday. So uh, although mm. it'll be come and gone by the time this uh, this is actually published, so there's going to be some chicken wings being done here in this house as well on Sunday. So looking forward to that. Nice. I got got a bag of uh, chicken wings in in the fridge as we speak as well, which are will be done and consumed over the weekend. Yeah, nice, nice. And so, what sort of marinade do you put those put in with the chicken wings in the bag there? Uh, I usually don't marinate my, my chicken wings. I'll, I'll just chuck some, um, good rub on them. Um, often I'll use sort of like a semi rib ish rub. Um, uh, if I want hot wings, I'll, I'll add some, uh, chili powder, for instance, Carolina Reaper, stuff like that. Uh, and then, uh, I'll usually sauce them. Um, you know, melt some butter, add some hot sauce, uh, have that in a, in a small kettle on, 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 on the grill as well and just toss those wings in there and go to town. Lovely, lovely. Sounds delicious. Now, you, uh, we can see your, your logo there behind you, uh, meatandmetal.no. That is your, your blog. Tell us a bit about that. Uh, that was started uh, coincidentally about five years ago. <laughs> Um, I was uh, furloughed at, at work and, you know, I had some time on my hands. Um, I like to write. I like cooking. And um, so I went, well, why don't I start a, a cooking blog, grilling blog? And so I, you know, I, I dipped my toes in it at a uh, sort of blog hosting site. And, and that, was, that was fine. And, uh, but I wasn't really pleased with it. Uh, because it was very, very sort of confined in what you could do. You didn't have your own sort of branding. You can do your own logo. And I ended up, so I thought, I, I need a new name. And someone had made a comment um, about uh, my weekend that, you know, oh, did you have a weekend filled with meat and metal? Because I'm a metalhead. Ah. Uh, and and um, I sort of liked that. And um registered that and, and started writing and it sort of just took off. Yeah, I was I, I was quite curious about the name there because I know that, uh, that that metal is quite popular music style up there in the in the in, in Norway and uh, Sweden and Finland there. So I, I was curious if it was that or if it was actually talking about like, you know, uh, offset smokers made of steel. I didn't know if that was the if that was the connection or or, or if it was a music thing. And very much a music thing, but then then I also discovered that the expression of getting down to the meat and metal is sort of getting down to the core of something as well. So ah. so it works on. Uh, so luckily, uh, it, it it works on on a few few levels. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, here in Australia, we say getting down to the nuts and bolts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting how that works out. So tell me how how have you been going like w- with the blog? Are you, 
like you're getting a lot of traction with it. You're getting a lot of success. I, I was having a quick look at it before here. You've got a ton of all different types of recipes and all different things on it. Mm-hmm. It, it looks really good. Hey, thank you. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's taken a while, but, uh, you know, traffic was slow, but it, it started, started to grow and people started noticing. And um, now, that now for this, thus far this year, now we were sort of past the, the big grilling barbecue season in, in Norway as we move into, into winter. Uh, but thus far, I think I've had some 140,000 visitors so far this year so wow. something around that around that um and uh you know that uh, and you, you meet people at events and stuff like that and they say oh oh are you that guy oh, oh i love that i love your stuff and uh i've i've sort of what my my idea behind it is that i want i want to help spread the word of barbecue and grilling and and help people move beyond what they typically do here in Norway, which are the burgers, the the hot dogs, uh, pork chops, stuff like that. You sort of think a bit outside the box. You can use a grill for so many other things, uh, be it, it no matter if you have a, a pellet grill or a gasser or charcoal or, or whatever, you can u- use it and, and, and make so many good things on it. And And I want to have something for... The novice, the beginners, those the the people who are sort of a bit more advanced. That you know, it's it's a bit bit of everything for everybody, really. Yeah, definitely. I can. I'm just sort of scrolling through it here over here on the computer on the side, and the the photographs look great. It's all you know nicely presented. And so, if you're listening to this and you'd like to check it out, it is meatandmetal.no. So yeah, mate, it it looks really good. And you're talking about people, uh, you know, getting people's attention with it. You got the attention of the Traeger Pro team, and now you, you yeah. you're on the the Traeger Pro team. Tell us how that came about. Uh, well, it's uh, it's the Norwegian uh, Pro team, uh, and uh, you know, I, I suppose I was one of those early adapters in in Norway when when it comes to Traegers, and uh, you know, I I had my blog and uh, I started cooking on the Traeger, started posting that in, in social media, and uh, uh, they approached me and, and wondered, you know, would I be interested in collaborating with them and sort of using Traeger exclusively? And uh, sure, why not? Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, uh, and we sort of, uh, it went from there, really. And uh, I've been collaborating with them now for four and a half years. Wow! So that was only about six months into your to your barbecue journey. You you got picked up by Traeger Protein. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Well done. Well, thank you. Yeah. So so tell me, what did the what does the Traeger Protein do? Like, are they? Is it like a a content creation group, or is it? Do they do events? Yeah. What do they actually? put together uh then it's content uh creation um social media accounts um and and sort of spreading spreading the word about uh traeger through through content um social uh, facebook instagram um blogs 
etc. Um, but also events that you uh, you know you they have uh, various events and courses at um, at the shop, uh, or or you go out to um, hardware stores and and you know you stand around and you cook samples for people or, or you stand by the grill and answer, answer questions again, try to get people to buy it. Ah, oh, right. Very good. Sounds like a lot of fun to be out there and, uh, and, and sharing the word so well. It's, it's great fun. And, and, uh, it's a, it's a great way to meet people. And, uh, what's, what's actually funny, I think often fun when, when you're at a, for instance, a hardware store, um, and, and you, you know, people smell the food and you would think that, you know, middle-aged men, that's the, the sort of prime audience. And, and they are by far the most interested, but overwhelmingly the people who buy it are middle-aged or senior women. Okay. Because they see the, they go like, oh my God, this is so easy. We're going to have one. We're going to buy one now. <laughs> and are they mostly buying it for themselves or are they buying it for their for their husbands or partners? Uh I think mostly for themselves, but but uh, sort of Interesting. like um but but also a bit f- for the family as such, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know my my wife is getting a bit sick of me dropping coals on the on the ground and uh, and you know burning holes in the grass and stuff so she keeps threatening to go and get a pellet grill so uh <laughs> we, we might end up seeing what uh, what comes into smoking hot confessions next all right so so what does that mean for you being being in that pro team do you do you get invited to events like in the US like what is it um is it is it a profile thing for you what what's your your end in it uh, my, my end in it is that i i am associated with Traeger. I'm, I'm, I do not work for, for Traeger as such, but I'm, I'm associated with them. Um, you know, I, I get some cool stuff from them every once in a while and, uh, you know, uh, get some grills and to try out and test and uh, have a look-see and, and some, you know, cool gadgets and, and stuff like that. Uh, so still waiting for, for uh, the big parent company to invite me over to, uh, over to the U.S. <laughs> Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Now, I've never actually talked about barbecue uh, with somebody from Norway, so I've got a ton of questions and things I want to know about about barbecue there in Norway. So let's let's start with the with the basics. So here in Australia, um, before the low and slow scene sort of became a thing, it was always just steaks, sausages, uh, chops. If you were feeling exotic, you might get like a chicken on a stick, like a chicken skewer, um, and mm-hmm. then it had to be grilled at super high heat, burnt till it was mm-hmm. black all over the outside and raw in the middle. So I'm I'm yeah. curious to know about um about traditional meats and ways of cooking them in Norway. Uh so what you just described is Norwegian grilling. <laughs> 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 uh, but but I, I think when I grew up uh with my dad bless bless his heart, uh it was the sort of traditional, you know, uh almost raw on the inside and black on the outside uh, chops uh, uh, 
I wouldn't even call them sausages, but but uh, hot dogs. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, every once in a while, chicken, and and thank God that we don't have much salmonella in Norway, because otherwise half the population would be hospitalized. Ooh, okay. Uh, chicken, chicken sushi is a thing, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, well, not quite there. <laughs> uh, but but in in recent years, there has been a growing interest in grilling and in in barbecuing slow and low um and a big push from uh chefs and and cookbook authors to have people think a bit differently about what they put on the grill that you know you, you can grill a lot of seafood um you can do so many things with chicken with pork with beef uh grilling veggies um a staple in, in Norway during summer is grilled mackerel. Oh, okay. So beautiful. So simple. You take a mackerel, you, you just gut it uh, and, and throw it on the grill and, and you grill it until done and serve it with a cucumber salad uh, with a bit of dill and sour cream and new potatoes. You don't need anything else than that. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Um, but, but what I want to do now in, with my blog and, and what I do is to take some of those traditional, uh, things we do in Norway. For instance, the, the roast pork belly for, for Christmas, put that on the grill. Um, we're in the middle of lamb season here in Norway and, uh, I might run the gamut here, but, but, uh, I, I do believe that Norway has some of the best lamb in the world. It's a fantastic 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 ingredient to use so you, you know use your grill or, or smoke it to do a leg of lamb uh rack of lamb uh lamb roast um, we have a dish called fodical which tra- which translates mutton in cabbage which is a casserole or a stew consisting of mutton traditionally now lamb and um and um <laughs> cabbage and pepper and salt and that's it but why not deconstruct that smoke the uh the meat char the um cabbage and then let that stew together on the grill of course yeah delicious it sounds good to me now i'm i'm curious uh I- about a couple of things, and I just wrote a few little points there. You mentioned mackerel, and there's a lot of coastline at uh, like a, on on the edge of Norway. There is is seafood mm-hmm. like a really popular uh, meat there. Yeah, we we do eat a lot of fish and and shellfish and 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 whatnot. Uh, I think people can, and me included, can be better at grilling it as well or barbecuing it. Uh, but um, there is a lot of salmon. We, we farm a lot of salmon, but we also catch a lot of uh, cod in, in the North Atlantic, uh, haddock, uh, and, you know, the, the wolf fish is such a great fish to grill. Okay. I've never actually heard of wolf fish. Uh, they're ugly as all hell, and if, if you catch one, the, the sort of traditional, because it's a very aggressive fish. So what you would do traditionally is you get it in the boat, but it will snap at anything. So you, you would just put your oar in its mouth and it will snap onto that and then you kill it. Oh, wow. Huh. 
<laughs> I've never actually done that myself, uh, but um, sort of that, that that was what they used to do at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, do you have like the traditional smokehouses for the salmon, and you like do that with the salmon to make sort of traditional uh, cold smoked salmon? Mm-hmm. That's uh, a lot of people have that here. Um, if if you're gonna do it the do a cold smoke, that means you have to have a few meters of pipe and, and bury that in the ground to, to chill the smoke going into, uh, onto the salmon. Uh, but there, there are some innovations going on now, and uh, so people are starting to experiment with cold smoking and hot smoking salmon at home. Uh, if you're an avid angler you will catch usually a lot of salmon during the season i think um a lot of those people do smoke and cure their own salmon oh that sounds so good i know i need to eat a lot more seafood i'm and i'm and, and i live on the coast here in australia I've, I've got no excuse not to i just love red meat too much but i oh, need me to too. <laughs> and and tell me about the lamb you you mentioned the lamb is it is it like a a free range lamb is it is it fed on grasslands or is it, are they grain yeah. fed uh it's it's grass fed uh what what happens in Norway is um they will be uh, inside during the winter for the, for the most part uh let out you know just just aside to to roam a bit but uh traditionally in summer they will be put to pasture up, up in the mountains or or in the woods and they'll just go and graze on whatever grows there and then come um, autumn it's uh, it's slaughter slaughter season um the lamb is usually about a year old by then year and a half uh, okay and and they have a very mild slightly gamey um uh, flavor to it uh tender and and just beautiful a um, couple of decades ago, they, they started importing what is n- now called um, wild lamb or Viking lamb from, from Iceland, uh, oh. which are so, sort of survivors of the type of, of uh, sheep uh, the Norse used to have. So it's, uh, it's a, a race that's, you know, o- over a thousand years old. And they are, that's even better. It, it's fattier. It's more tender, gamier, uh, it's just absolutely gorgeous. I haven't heard of Viking lamb before. I've just written that down. I'm going to go check it out when we're done here. And, Sounds and they look interesting. Cool too. Look like they're in, they look like they play black metal. <laughs> Sheep that are metal fans. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so when did the low and slow scene hit Norway then? Uh, again, a couple of years ago, uh, I think around seven, seven years ago, it, it sort of started. And then they, in the past four or five years, it's really started to take off uh, for sort of the backyard smoking, uh, barbecuing in, in the American sense of the word. Um, there's still only a handful of, of barbecue uh, places in Norway. We have plenty of grill restaurants. But but you know uh, proper uh, slow and low with a wood fired uh, stick burner um, only 
there's only a handful of them around the big cities. Uh, there's uh, one at a skiing resort, uh, but they're starting to pop up more and more now. So it will oh. be interesting to see what happens now that a certain uh, thing that we shall not mention has passed uh, to see what happens. Yes, the madness. Once the madness has passed. <laughs> yes. that, that thing. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, indeed. So are you able to, to sort of like pin it down to a particular thing? So, for example, here in Australia, um, we can sort of trace the, the, the influence of low and slow to uh, barbecue pitmasters being screened on um, pay-to-view television in about 2013. So that was the first time that, that, that mainstream Australian culture was exposed to low and slow barbecue. And then 2014, our first competition body was formed and then the scene's grown from there. Do you, do you have a similar point in, in Norway's history where you can say, oh, yeah, that was it, that was the, the thing? Uh, not that I'm aware. Uh, I think it has more to do with uh, the rising popularity of, of barbecue in America itself. That's, that's sort of spilled over. Uh, people perhaps saw it on, on social media, on, on YouTube, uh, and, and it started. What happens in America will eventually come to Norway. Um, for many, for many things, good or bad, uh, but I, <laughs> um, I do think that's what happened more than anything else. Yeah, it's much the same as here. I, I believe the word is is uh, Americanization. <laughs> yes, uh, very much so. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell me about the the competition scene. Then, is it a strong competition scene in Norway? Do you have to travel to other countries in Europe to to get to a competition? Mm -hmm. Uh, there's been, uh, we, we did have a Norwegian championship going for a while, uh, which I never competed in, uh, I must say, uh, and, but that, that faulted because, you know, the, it was difficult getting sponsors, uh, there were plenty of teams and there's plenty of interest in, in competing in Norway, but, uh, people aren't willing to put in the time to organize it, I think, uh, and it's, it's not a, it's not a big scene at all. Um, there's um, there's some in Sweden, I think. Uh, there's one or two in Denmark, and then once you get down to Europe, uh, Germany has 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 a quite a few. Um, I know the UK has quite a bit, but that's become even more difficult after they decided on another thing. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, yeah, the whole Brexit thing that would uh, yes. sort of make 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 uh, traveling in and out a bit more difficult, I would imagine. Um, but, uh, so, but 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 there there are now once this whole other thing again uh, blows over, I mean, people are just aching to go and and, and barbecue and and show off. So I, I think next year we sort of passed that season now in in Norway, but I, I do believe next year there's going to be plenty of things happening. Yeah, we'll get back there for sure. Now, tell me a bit about um, some of the, uh, the the more traditional uh, Norwegian meats that you like to do. Now, you ha you had mentioned off air uh, whale and horse. I got a lot yes. of questions, 
So, so you, yes. you start yes. and I'll interrupt with questions. <laughs> well, let, let, let's start with the latter first, uh, with, with horse. Um, uh, horse is available in Norway. There's still a bit of a taboo connected to it um, because it this goes back a thousand years because in, in Norse times, horse was considered a holy animal uh, associated with the god Frey. Oh, okay. So when, so they when they had uh, sacrifices to Frey, they would eat horse. So when Christianity uh, was introduced, they outlawed eating horse because that was a religious action. And uh, th- there is a mention in one of the sagas. I think it was Ulla Trikvason uh, that said. He, and he put the sword to anyone who had um, tasted horse meat that Yule. Yule was their Christmas. Yeah, right. And and that lasted. Uh, it was actually outlawed uh, for a good while until they they started selling horse again in the nineteenth century, eighteenth nineteenth century because of hunger. Right. Um, uh, but still, it's it's a bit difficult to get by because it's not a big production in Norway, and horses are given medication that makes them unsuitable for human consumption. Yeah, I'd imagine that 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 would be a bit of a concern. Yeah, and uh, we have a traditional uh, Norwegian cold cut called uh, basically black sausage. It's it's not the black pudding as you know it, but black sausage. Uh, which is made with horse meat, so the the manufacturers of that will buy almost all available horse. But once you get it, once you get horse fillet, so much more tender than a beef fillet, it tastes about five times as much meat. It, it's much meatier, almost sweet uh, taste to it. And if you give me the choice between a beef tenderloin and a horse fillet, 10 out of 10, horse fillet. Wow, that's fascinating that it's more tender than a cow because cows are kind of mm-hmm. lazy and just stand around in a field and horses are, are always working. So that's really yeah. interesting that, that, that it's more tender. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but, but it's just it's such a, an amazing meat. Uh, and I think people should, uh, should eat more horse. Get over your, you know, get off your high horse <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you know break break that taboo and, and try it because it's you know cook it like uh, you would cook a, a beef fillet uh, a sirloin or a tenderloin and uh it's just absolutely amazing and so what sort of flavor profiles do you do you combine with horse is it just salt and pepper or do you do you have some uh, some native norwegian herbs and spices that you put in there as well uh, salt, pepper, uh, serve it with a, uh, it, it goes very well with a mild blue cheese uh, sauce or just wow. on its own. Um, it's delicious with, with a slight smoke from juniper. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Now, the, the other one that, that, that you did mention off air there, that was whale. And uh, yes. being Australian, <laughs> the, the idea of eating a whale is... Uh, it, it it's highly yeah. illegal here. So, tell me yeah. a bit about that. Um, actually, the funny thing I I 
remember a couple of years ago I posted um, you know that this away and I posted that on on social media and that was my one and only death threat came from I think it actually was a Kiwi that really you yeah you bastard uh, you're gonna die for doing this and blah 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 but wow. um, yeah I know I know it's also illegal in in North America or, or, or at least the U.S. Um, it's basically illegal in Iceland, Japan, and Norway. Yep, 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 yeah. So, is there a particular whale that you uh, that yeah. that you hunt and eat, or is it a yeah. is it just whatever swims past? You just grab it and again, <laughs> get, get, again, it's it's um, highly regulated, uh, but it's the North Atlantic minke whale. Uh, and with the last count, I think that the North Atlantic sort of population was estimated, and that's a conservative, very conservative estimate, at 130,000 individual animals. So it's not, we're not going after the blue whale people. We're not going after the big ones. It's a, it's a semi-small whale. It's not threatened. Uh, it's it you know it's actually on uh, in in good standing uh, to say uh, put it that way that there's no threat of extinction um, and I think now it's it's regulated to 150 animals or thereabouts per season. Right. Okay. And so, how do you go about preparing and and cooking whale? Uh, again, very much like you would a uh, beef fillet. That you know, overcooked okay. whale is not is not good. Uh, overcooked whale is not good. Yeah, it, it's absolutely horrible. It will oh. turn if you overcook it, if you overcook it. It's going to turn into a dry, almost liver texture oh. and and flavor, which is not good at all. But if no. you likely if you lightly smoke it, for instance, if you have a big piece and you, you smoke it very lightly, you can slice that up in in uh, thin slices and serve it like a um, uh, with uh, some pickled uh, ginger, for instance. Um, or you can uh, take a sort of smaller cuts of it and grill it up like steaks, but very very hot, very very fast just to get that crust on the outside. Uh, so it's all, almost raw on the inside because um, it can't, you have, it's better to undercook whale than overcook it. Right. Okay. Um, Sounds a bit almost like, uh, like, the, like the seared Japanese tuna. They just sort of sear mm-hmm. one side, flip it, sear the other side, and then thinly slice it. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, wow. And and uh, again, salt pepper goes a long way, but you know, you, it's it's fun to use a bit of juniper, a bit of chili, stuff like that. And it's a it's a very dark meat, so it will turn almost black. Wow, that's interesting. And uh, it's it's also very uh, dense, um, so the piece might look very small but it fills you up. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Probably because the, the, the whale does so much movement, the, uh, the muscle fibers yeah. are going to be quite, quite well uh, tight and, and pulled together. And, and 
because of um, the whale's breathing, it will be saturated with uh, with iron. So it's sort of uh, it's it's almost black to begin with, uh, and the flavor profile is is very very meaty, and it's very a lot of sort of iron tones in in the flavor and again that the the texture is very very tender it's very nice it's very nice <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to take your word for it because if i get some here i'll be in jail so uh, but it is interesting it is interesting so now one one thing that i did have to ask because i'm i'm a bit of a baby about the cold i live on the gold coast in australia if it gets lower than 25 degrees i start complaining about how cold it is you're cooking in like in the ice and the snow and you're, you're about to head into winter. So do you need an actual like barbecue hut with prop, with proper vented ceiling fans and things, or do you just grill out in the snow? Um, a lot of people have, you know, their grilling shacks or, or, or sheds or, or sort of build a pergola around it just to, you know, so that you don't have to shovel snow for two hours before you can barbecue. Um, I need the exercise, so so I'll take the shuffle, uh, shovel and, and go outside. Uh, but it, it's interesting to say that when it falls below 25 degrees, you think it's cold. Uh, around 25 degrees is a Norwegian summer. That's summer temperature here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where I live in, in Norway, it's, it doesn't get too cold. Uh, we'll have, you know, periods of down towards minus 15 centigrade. Ooh. But it's not, you know, too cold. But we do get a lot of snow here. So you'll end up having like a meter, meter and a half of snow. So you have to, wow. you know, um, dig, your, dig your path and dig your, your barbecues out before you can start uh, grilling. And I think the, the most important thing, I, I mean, it's, it's nice in summer to, you know, stand outside your T-shirt, shorts, have a cold one. Um, in winter, uh, I think you need to plan a bit more that you, you can't be rushing in and out the house. So you sort of, you know, you get everything out, you put it on the counter, you go through what you're going to cook, when you're going to cook it, and you carry everything outside. Uh, and, and you don't have to be afraid of it going bad. Uh, in, in, Good point. In the sun. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> There's an upside. <laughs> And you can just um, pop your cans of drink in the like straight in the uh, in the snow right beside the barbecue there. It's a it's a natural cooler. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnett. Alrighty, I love. Now this is the third part of our show. This is the segment where the the guest gets to share some wisdom and impart some knowledge on our on our listeners and viewers. And today you want to talk about temperatures, which is funny because we we're just talking about the ice and the snow there before. So I'm, I'm going to throw it over to you now, and I'm I'm going to be nice and quiet and just uh, take some notes, and I'm going to let you uh, teach us. All right, go around, children. <laughs> uh, no, temperature is cooking is about temperature. Uh, no matter what you do, it's it's temperature. Um, when it comes to grilling, you need temperature control, fire management. You need to be in control of the temperature and the fire in, on your grill, and you need to be aware of the internal temperature of what you're cooking. So it, it sounds kind of 
lavish perhaps, but spend some good money on good meat probes and thermometers because you, that will save you money in the long run. And if you cook the temperature and not time, you will elevate your cooking tenfold. Just trust me on this one. Uh, <laughs> it's it's um, f it, at least it was for me that you know discovering how important temperature control is and and cooking to temperature and not time. That was the you know key factor in in you know ele elevating my barbecue. And and don't be afraid to. For certain cuts such as uh, pork butt, pork shoulder, brisket, do not fear when you hear people say, well, you have to bring it to an internal temperature of at least 95 centigrade. It sounds insane, but it's true. And, and learn, uh, for instance, a fillet will be done at a different temperature than a pork butt. Um, Chicken uh, breast is done at a different temperature than uh, chicken leg. Uh, you know, a boiled potato is done at an internal temperature of 94. Yes, I've tried it. It works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, people, temperature control on your grill, on your smoker, on your, or your pellets grill, if it's gas, charcoal, whatever. And, and, and don't do this to test your steak. That's oh, he's, he's that's uh, absolute. That's the, that's the, yeah. the touch test on the, on the palm of your hand. Yeah. It's, it's, um, unless you have 30 years experience cooking steak all day, this is get, get a good instant read thermometer and, and use that instead. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you go about um, about getting that that fine temperature control uh, when you're in a meter and a half of snow? I mean, I'd I'd imagine with a with a Traeger, the the computer kind of controls that. But does the yeah. um, does the machine have to work harder to maintain that temperature in those colder ambient temperatures? It will use about fifteen to twenty percent more pellets. Oh, that's but, that's uh, pretty good. But that's it. I mean, that, that's that's the beauty of, of a, a Traeger, and, and for some, perhaps the boring aspect that you, you know, you, you you set the temperature and and that's it. That's you're done. Um, but uh, it will maintain that temperature no matter what. Uh, and I've, I've I think the coldest I've cooked in was minus twenty five. Uh, oh, that that is fun. <laughs> that just that's oh I can't even imagine minus twenty five. <laughs> and um that there was a winter I I cooked something and uh, I do have I have covers for, for my for my grills, uh but you can't put those on while they're hot. Of course. And yeah. uh I was done cooking and you know, I was like, okay, I'll I'll put the cover on uh in, in the morning. Uh, lo and behold, that night we got 50 centimeters of snow dumped on oh. us, and it continued. Uh, and so my, my grill was covered, completely covered in snow without a cover on. And I dug it out, and I was really, really nervous because the uh, the snow was everywhere. 
and I just had to thaw out the um, the instrument panel uh, to move the knobs, and it started right up. Wow, that's fantastic! I wouldn't have thought that you know frozen water and uh, and electronics would go well together. Well, apparently they do. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, mate. Fair enough. All right, look, that's probably a good point for us to start to uh, to wrap up this episode. So I'm going to throw it over to you now. Give some thanks, give some shout-outs to some praise to people that have helped you out along the way. And, of course, make sure you tell everybody where they can track you down on the internet. All right. Uh, first of all, to start off with me, uh, you can find me on Instagram and, and Facebook at metal, meat and metal no in one word. Um, if you want to read my blog, uh, it's meatandmetal.no. It's all in Norwegian, but... Way down in the bottom, there is a Google Translate widget for you, so you at least get a certain impression of of what I uh, how I'm writing. Um, I occasionally upload videos on on YouTube as well on on the meat and metal. I know. A big shout out to Traeger Grills Norway and uh, BarbecueShop.no for you know discovering me early on and, and believing in me and, and supporting me. Shout out to Traeger Grills Europe for for all their support. Massive shout out to Sean P. Walchef of Cali uh, Barbecue and and Stova for being good guys and mentoring me along the way. Uh, same with uh, Tim Steinhardt. Uh, here in Norway and Aussie, by the way. Oh, uh, there you go. Meat eater, yeah, meateaterbarbecue.com. Check him out. Handmade uh, Santa Maria grills. Excellent look. Fantastic. Okay, yeah, I, I did just find that uh, th- that Google Translate button. There it is. Yeah, it's it's well hidden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh, it's a decent enough uh, instant translation. It'll give you a, a sort of the, the main gist of, of what's written in Norwegian without yeah, yeah. my excellent prose, of course. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it looks good, man. It looks good. And, uh, mate, thank you very much for, for coming on board the show. Uh, it's tonight for me. It's about lunchtime for you. So you've, uh, you've got what, what did you have? Beef chuck and uh, chicken and uh, pork knuckle you said you were cooking right now. So you've got to yeah. go have your lunch. I need to. I think the, the the chicken legs might be done by now. Well, mate, I'm I'm jealous. I'm I'm probably going to run down the street <laughs> here and go get a burger from uh, from Burger King. So. Uh, oh, nice. Well, I, I I haven't cooked anything, and it's almost nine o'clock at night. So, it's going to uh, be a fast food night it. for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Thank you very much, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bye bye. Alrighty, family, there you have it. That was, of course, Olaf Skolgas from meatandmetal.no. So what an interesting story that was, finding all about uh, barbecue in, in Norway and cooking in the ice and snow and whale and horse and all that sort of stuff. And how good is it that, uh, that within six months he'd done such a great job with what he was doing and was so passionate with it that Traeger actually reached out to him. That is super cool, super cool, and my hat's off to him. Now, before I let you go for today, I just want to quickly remind you of the, of the announcements that we had at the top. You can grab your merch online at smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop. We've got that um, available for you there. There's also the free ebook, The Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue. The, the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue community on Facebook is also there. And big shout out to people who, who came along today and, uh, and joined us for this live podcast recording. And of course, the socials. So if you are watching this later on on YouTube or Facebook or 
IGTV or listening in on a podcast app, if you could do the things for us, you know the things, the the thumbs, the likes, the comments, the shares, all that stuff. Just give us a couple of them. It really help us out and we would love you forever. Now that is it for today. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>